You are listening to a Harbinger Studios podcast. Hello and welcome back to Creator Conversations. This is a podcast where I interview streamers and other creators about what they do, why they do it, and much more. If any of you don't know me, I am T-Rex, or Troy, and I stream at twitch.tv slash T-Rex. That's T-W-R-E-C-K-X underscore. One of my fondest memories of streaming came from the Game Cathedral. It was my first game key I had ever received, and while streaming it, I had the devs come into the stream and chat with me about the game and their previous experiences with video games. This week, we have the lead developer of that game here. Eric Lavison is a Swedish game developer and founder of Decemberborn Interactive. I feel that with video games and all art forms, we can forget that there are real humans behind the art. Having this conversation really broke that wall down for myself. Eric Lavison is kind, intelligent, passionate, and knowledgeable about his work, and a genuinely great person. Hearing him speak about his experience making something he loves and is proud of, even though it was a ton of work and draining at times, is incredibly heartwarming and inspiring. I am humbled to have him on the podcast and grateful to have had this chat with him. I ask all of you to check out his game. Cathedral is a genuinely wonderful experience. It is a great game made with heart, and that is why I reached out to Eric. This conversation really showed me how much love people can put into what they create. Purchase this game for yourself or someone you think would enjoy it. Supporting small artists like this is important, and getting to chat and pick their brain is why I started this podcast. Eric Lavison is one of the good guys and deserves to succeed. Cathedral is available on PC now and hopefully consoles soon. There will be links in the episode description or look up Cathedral or Decemberborn Interactive and find them on Twitter at Cathedral8Bit. This podcast is bi-weekly and I will try to keep up to that schedule to the best of my ability. If you have any recommendations for creators you would like to see on the podcast, tweet us at CreatorConvoPod on Twitter. If you enjoy the podcast, we ask you to tell one friend who you would think would find some enjoyment or interest in this. If you tweeted us, we'll mention you on the show. Thank you all for listening, and let's get into this interview with Eric, and please go play Cathedral. You will not regret it. Hello, and welcome back to Creator Conversations. This week, we have Eric Lavison. Uh, how are you, man? I'm fine. How are you? I'm great. Uh, before we, we get into the thick of it, how about you just uh, introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do? Sure thing. Uh, so my name is Eric, and uh, I'm a game developer and programmer. Uh, I'm the lead at Decemberborn Interactive, and we just released our first game, Cathedral, a couple of a few months ago in uh, the end of October 2019. Yes, it's a it's a it's a wonderful game. How did you um, decide on the name Decemberborn? Um. Well, that's. I'm not entirely sure where I found it to start with, but honestly, it's just my old nick that I used to use online. Oh yeah, during late nineties sometime, um, and uh, I think I just got it because I'm born in December. Uh, so, oh gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> then we kind of started the game development company in December as well, so. I figure, well, let's just use that. So it's um, yeah, <laughs> it's a bit of my ego there. <laughs> I like that. Um, what is your what's your history with video games as a whole? Well, I mean, I was a kid during the nineties, so I grew up with the NES and uh, 
my brother had an Amiga 500. Uh, I had an Atari later on as well. So that, that's kind of where I played most of the game that made most impressions on me, I think. Yeah. So definitely NES. I mean, that, that was huge for me. Uh, that's awesome. I basically remember every single game I got and when I got them as a kid. So. <laughs> Is the NES your favorite console? I think so. I, I mean, it's it's tied with the Super Nintendo, of course, uh, yeah. because that, that still was a huge part of my childhood. Yeah. Do you have a favorite video game? Um, probably Super Metroid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to tell because uh, hard to say because I think I have a few different favorites depending on which era on console and so on. But yeah, from that time, yeah, definitely Super Metroid. Super Metroid. Good pick. <laughs> um, what what's your history with programming? Um, that's a very long and weird history. Um, I actually started programming when I was, I think, around nine years old. Um, I got a computer from my parents, um, an old Atari six hundred XL, which was, I don't know, kind of crappy, but uh, yeah, and. I know it had like these weird metal buttons that gave you a shock sometimes when you touch them, and then the computer would <laughs> reboot. So, um, but uh, I did learn to write basic on it. So I, I kind of just got a book with small programs I could try and type in and see what it what happened and just kind of change things around. Yeah. Um, so I started with that, and then I actually. Um, I think I programmed pretty much all the time. I had a couple of years where, when I did less of it uh, during my teen, uh, teenage years. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, then I started uh, when I started studying and uh, got to university. I, I know I, I went more into math and physics and stuff like that, and had some kind of idea that well, programming is fun, so I shouldn't work with that because then I'll just destroy my hobby or something. Yeah. Uh, so I actually worked as a um, math and physics teacher for a few years as well. Oh, yeah. And then kind of just couldn't keep myself away from programming and ended up just getting a, getting a job in that area instead and been doing it ever since. So what, what kind of, um, what did you go to school for? Um, as in, um, uh, do you mean college or, uh, yeah, yeah. University or college. Yeah. Uh, um, well, my main, uh, uh, education was, uh, in physics. Uh, so uh, basically I was reading a bachelor of science in physics. Uh, gotcha. and then I kind of realized that to, in order to do anything interesting in physics, uh, a bachelor isn't really going to take you far so i mean you basically had to go into research and take, yeah. have a get a phd or or i would do something completely different and um, I, don't, I don't think i was ready to try and pursue that so i ended up um, going for the for teacher edu- education instead and uh, after that i actually got a bachelor of science in uh, programming as well oh yeah that's awesome so what were you programming when you were like coding growing up? Were you doing anything? Um, yeah, I was actually doing mostly games, I think. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. It's, I mean, they, obviously they sucked since I was 
<laughs> I'm not very good at programming in that age, and uh, well, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I think games is actually what got me into programming to start with. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of an it, it's a very uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. Um, it's a nice medium that way. I mean, it's it's very. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the feedback is enormous. I mean, in contrast to doing something with a bank system or whatever, it's uh, yeah. I mean, you you immediately see what you're doing and the effects of it on screen. So it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So when did you like decide that you wanted to like start making game games? I think that I mean I always did smaller games and it wasn't until i actually started working cathedral that i got the idea of doing something commercial mm-hmm. um up until that point i had done a bunch of game engines and uh, smaller games and so on and uh, i don't know they usually there was usually some kind of interesting problem i wanted to solve and as soon as i solved that i just kind of gave up on the project so gotcha uh, and with Cathedral, I decided that let's just try and actually make a game and release it just to see the entire cycle. And that's yeah. about five years ago, I think, that I started working on it. Whew. So how did Cathedral like come into fruition? Was it originally just like one of your little like side projects, and then you were like, this could be a game? Pretty much, actually. Um, I When I started working on it, I didn't really have any... I didn't really intend to release it at all and when i worked a bit longer i figured that maybe i'll do a small game and release it um mm-hmm. and i think my time frame in my head was maybe a couple of months at that point <laughs> uh, and that's uh, didn't that didn't turn out to be the case <laughs> yeah so I, I think that uh, when i realized that i wasn't going to be able to do everything by myself uh, th- that's kind of when I realized that m- maybe this is something that I could actually make a complete game of and actually do a commercial product of it. Um, yeah. But th- th- that's also the point when I started bringing on um, composer and a composer and uh, a pixel artist and so on. Yeah. So, like, what at what point in the development of the game did you realize that like you needed more people? Um. I think I've been working on it for maybe a couple of months, basically up to the point where I thought it should be finished. Yeah. So was it was it much of a game at that point, or was it kind of just bare bones? It, it was fairly bare bones, uh, but I mean, it, it was a game. It's just that it didn't have more than like ten minutes of gameplay. Um, gotcha. So so it wasn't a very good game, um, mm-hmm. and. I think that up until that point, I did all the pixel art myself, and I started doing pixel art at the same time I started working on Cathedral. So, I mean, it it was very crude, mm. uh, and that's kind of where I felt that well, okay, I'll just either continue doing that this, and then I'll bring on more people, uh, or I'll just stop it now because I've done all I can on my own. Yeah, totally. So how did you find and approach people to join you on the project? Um, actually, I think that, um, let's see, when it comes to uh, pixel artists, I actually used uh, a couple of different 
artists. Uh, at first, it was uh, uh, one uh, person I found on Fiverr, actually. Uh, oh, yeah? I mean, I basically had zero, a budget of zero dollars. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, you can always you can always find some money to pay someone to do some minor work, of course. So I, I found someone who could design a main character for me. Um, and then I found a uh, musician on Fiverr as well that I oh, yeah? uh, bought a few tracks from and uh, worked with for a while. And uh, I'm thinking, let's see, I can't actually remember how Aaron and I met after that, like the composer I ended up working with. Yeah. Uh, I think we might have met in, uh, like in uh, uh, one of the game dev groups on Facebook or something, maybe. Uh, it's been too That's long. Awesome. <laughs> did, did you end up using any of the stuff you got from the Fiverr artist? Actually, no. Um, I think we replaced all of it. Yeah. Uh, because a bit later, we actually had a... Uh, um my uh, my friend and the uh, ceo of the company where i work right now uh, wanted to invest some money into the game and uh, helping me build a company around it so at that point all of a sudden i could actually find a pixel artist and pay them to do all of the <laughs> pixel art and yeah. uh, at that point it kind of makes sense to just use the old material as reference but i think we replaced everything yeah, so when did you, like, decide that you weren't going to do any kind of crowdfunding or, like, look for any outside sources of money? Well, let's see. I think that might have been... I, I don't think I ever decided on it at some specific point. I always just kind of had that idea that I didn't want mm -hmm. to crowdfund the game. Um, and... To some extent, probably because I didn't even know if I was going to finish it. Gotcha. And just, I don't know, um, if I made a crowdfunding um, campaign and raised a bunch of money, then, then I kind of feel like then you have a um, responsibility to actually finish that as well. And Yeah. I, I didn't really give that promise, so... <laughs> Yeah, so you're not you're not against crowdfunding in any way. You just didn't want to be locked into the responsibility. Pretty much. I mean, it's it's. I, I do think that. I mean, I've crowdfunded games myself, mm -hmm. um, uh, especially on Kickstarter, and uh, I like the idea that um, give money to people with interesting projects. I I mean, I really I like that idea, but um, it's also. There's always a risk of doing so, and of course, there are many projects today that can't really deliver. Uh, yeah, and I, I feel much better, uh, like what I did with uh, the guy who actually ended up investing money for us. He ended up also getting a bunch of the shares in the company, which is, I don't know, fair. I think that's. Uh, yeah, I mean, totally. you, you should have some kind of uh, equity if you invest in a game, and. I mean, Kickstarter and the likes isn't really an investment, so. Yeah, that's that's true. So how did you decide to self-publish? And what does that exactly entail? Self-publish basically means a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> uh, we, uh, we spent a lot of time uh, 
trying to figure out marketing marketing strategies and uh, trying to uh, basically figure out how to reach out to people. Uh, which I think, if we'd gone with a publisher, that's where they could have helped us. Uh, we could have gotten help with reaching out to people and uh, maybe been able to do. Uh, a bit more interesting things with things such as maybe localization and so on as well, if we had some support from a publisher. Um, gotcha. But uh, yeah, uh, we ended up just doing everything ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you wish you had used a publisher or are you happy with the way things went? In retrospect, I, uh, I kind of would have been interesting giving it a go to, uh, uh, go through a publisher instead. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, I really, really, really like the idea of going out on our own and just kind of not being tied into anything. That's, I mean, that's kind of part of not doing the Kickstarter, part of not doing um, mm. uh, publishing and so on. But it's just extremely difficult. Uh, yeah. Reaching out was a huge problem. Yeah, so did you learn a lot about advertising and, and marketing? I did learn, uh, I think I learned a lot about it, but I also learned that I think the main takeaway is that it's way, way harder than I could ever imagine. Yeah. Um, like when, when you think you're making waves in some way, you're really not. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, extremely difficult. Yeah. Did it, did it save you money to not use a publisher? <laughs> I mean, most likely not. Uh, I, I think that it... Uh, the publishers I've seen so far seems to work a lot on um, uh, what do you call it on uh, revenue share, mm -hmm. and so I mean sure you'd probably give up some revenue if you went with a publisher, um, but um, on the other hand, I mean if you can get say seventy percent or whatever, I mean from a lot more sales than. Yeah, that's still better than getting a hundred percent from almost no sales. So, yeah. Um. So, why did you choose a like retro style for Cathedral? I'm not sure, actually. I mean, I think to some extent it was because there's uh, it it was an easy entry level for me, uh, because I could mm -hmm. start pixeling away right away and, mm -hmm. um. I mean, it's just an easy way to get started on creating stuff, even for a programmer <laughs> trying to do art. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was also kind of humbling because you realized after a while that pixel art might look simple sometimes, but it's, it's really not. Yeah. Um, but it's also, I think, a combination of that, plus I really, really just love that style. I mean, I... Uh, I still grew up with the NES, and uh, we mm. used the NES platform. Oh, sorry, the NES uh, palette, uh, which is, I don't know, it, I really like those colors. It's, it's, uh, feels, feel, feel, feels like childhood, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, you ended up deciding to go with like a Metroidvania kind of game. Yeah. Was that, like a decision you had from the very beginning or did that come later when you were like hey I want to make a Metroidvania game I think that came later actually Cathedral was designed very much in an I don't know, ad hoc way uh, we didn't have a lot of game design documents and so on when we started uh, so from f at first it was kind of just 
a long linear game. Um, we, we didn't really have stages as such back then either, but uh, we didn't have any kind of backtracking or fast traveling or whatever. I mean, it was missing most of the, most of the stuff that you would associate with a Metroidvania. Mm -hmm. uh, so somewhere along the line, we kind of started talking about doing different branches and so on. And I, I think that's where, where it turned into a Metroidvania. Yeah, so did that present challenges in that when you decided it was going to be a Metroidvania, you had to go back and like redesign levels, uh, anticipating that you were going to have to go back through those areas with new abilities? Uh, yes, um, we uh, actually did a lot of redesign uh, on the early areas. And I think that the very first area of the game, um, we wanted that to incorporate different elements like, um, say, uh, puzzles where you could use uh, later game items and so on. And since we didn't even know about those items when we did the first area at first, we really didn't have anything like that. So we actually ended up doing the first area the very last, I think. Like, that's the final piece of the game that we designed. Yeah, that's awesome. So Cathedral's engine was built from scratch. Could you explain like what this means to someone who isn't as familiar with game development? Sure. So basically, I think most people today go for uh, a um, ready-to-use engine, such as uh, Unreal Engine uh, 4 or uh, Unity and so on, which gives you a lot of the subsystems, that is, uh, drawing things on screen and uh, sound, uh, input controllers and so on. But you, you have all that ready to go and you can start focusing on the actual game right away. Uh, what we did was, uh, or what I did with, with uh, the engine in Cathedral was to decide and write it from scratch, meaning I had to write all those parts too. So we didn't really have that much in terms of input handling or actually the code for drawing things on screen or so on. We, we had to build all that ourselves, uh, which is, I, I think, in some ways stupid of us <laughs> because, um, <laughs> I mean, it's not the, obviously not the most economical thing to do um, mm. because we would get way further away quicker if you used an out-of-the-box out of engine. But uh, in some way, that's also the fun part of game dev for me, writing these systems from scratch. Yeah, so why is that why you decided to make the engine yourself, is that you just had fun with it? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I could say that it's because it gives you a certain game feel or that you have control over everything and so on, but, and that's to some extent true, but for the most part, to be honest, it's because it was fun. That's, gotcha. that's the main reason. That's the best answer. <laughs> yeah. So with your team, um, was it ever hard to be like on the same page creatively? Did you ever have creative disagreements? Uh, yeah, I think we had quite a few creative disagreements throughout the years. But on the other hand, I think we definitely had more ideas in common that we, than not. Uh, so most of the time... It, I would say actually even that it was never a problem uh, because when we had the creative differences, I think that we still managed to kind of just find something that we all liked. 
uh, at most most of the time. So, so most of the time when someone had a an opinion about something not working out, there was usually some truth to it as well. So we actually, mm-hmm. even even if we weren't always in one hundred percent agreement, I think we ended up hashing it out and either saying that okay, we're all in agreement that we'll just leave it alone and it's good as it is, or we'll rewrite it so we, we never really thought about anything in some way yeah so are you are you happy you reached out to to more people to to work on a game as a collective oh yeah i mean we would not have released cathedral otherwise um it's i i would never have been able to initiate on my own yeah was was work ethic ever a problem like did you ever have days where you didn't want to work on the game like was it hard to try and put hours in every day or every week yeah um definitely i mean it's i think i'd say that's the main reason why it took five years to do it um because i I didn't work full time uh over five years uh i work i mean i i do work as a developer uh as my day job as well uh so Mm -hmm. cathedral has been kind of an evening uh, project uh so i tried to put in and for a long time i actually put in i think around maybe uh, between two and four hours every evening and then during weekends i usually put in maybe eight hours during saturdays and eight hours during sundays uh but you will be able to do that for only so long while still working a 40 hour (laughs) yeah and and you're programming at your job as well. So when you come home, you just program more. Did, yeah. Did that become draining? Very draining. Uh, in fact, I didn't realize it at first because I just had a lot of fun. But at some point, especially after creating a company and uh, having a product in mind and saying out loud that this is something we'll sell, all of a sudden it just became a second job and... Yeah, uh, it's more about focusing on getting things done than having fun, and that's uh, yeah, it, it's actually very draining after a while. Yeah. So did you did that uh, time that you were putting into the game slow down? Uh, it slowed down, and uh, at one point it came to basically a halt um, when uh, when I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue. It was actually very close that we never finished the game at that point because yeah. I, I was done with it. And I was the only programmer at that point. So we were a composer, a pixel artist, uh, one marketing guy, plus me doing uh, all the coding yeah. uh, and the level design. So uh, at that point, I kind of just figured that, no, I, I can't do this anymore. This is not healthy. Um, I took a relatively long break and actually one of my coworkers uh, at the company where I work, uh, was really interested in uh, the game, and ended up actually joining us after a while. And that's kind of when it sped up again because all of a sudden we had new ideas and we had someone with fresh w- with a fresh take on things. Yeah, that's awesome. How long was was that break? See, I think uh, the. Probably was about half a year where I basically didn't touch the game. Like, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I tried every now and then, but I just, uh, I mean, I had zero ideas and zero energy to work on it. So yeah, roughly half a year, I'd say, from what I remember. Was that hard on uh, 
the other members of the the team making the game with you? I think that it probably was at first, maybe, but the problem was that we kind of, I think we all were kind of tired at that point. I think we all kind of decided that we could need a break, and the break just turned out to be a bit longer than we thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah, and and you guys weren't all located in the same place, right? No, um, our composer uh, lives in uh, uh, the Netherlands, in Amsterdam, okay. and uh, the other program, me, we're still we're both located in uh, uh, in Sweden. Um, yeah, and also the CEO. So we, we actually work at the same office, the three of us. And then right now we're working with a Pixar artist in the US. So was that was that hard for like scheduling and communication to be in all those different places? Um, to some extent, I mean, I think uh, the composer wasn't too bad because we were in the same time zone at least. Um, mm. With the pixel artist, it was a bit harder because we ended up having to kind of uh, deal with the time zone differences. And sometimes when I woke up, I had gotten a bunch of new sprites and then maybe I had some feedback, but then he's gone to sleep. So I had to kind of drop a bunch of feedback and just um, wait for the next uh, revision and so on. So uh, it it wasn't really a huge problem, Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it presented some challenges. Yeah. What were the biggest problems that you did face? I'm actually not sure, to be honest. Uh, you mean in terms of uh, development or just the overall? Yeah. I mean, development and or overall, like maybe mental. I think that the main issue, to be honest, was probably the scope of the project and keeping up the um, energy and the interest in finishing it. Because we were also busy with different things in our lives, like uh, yeah, um, I mean, we all had other work outside of December Born, and um, we all kind of had to focus on that first, and we all had families and so on as well. So, um, I think that was the main blocker, like actually finding the energy to finish things. Yeah. And Cathedral is a fairly large game. And um, was that intended from the beginning to be that large or did it just continue to grow? <laughs> it just kind of continued to grow. Uh, <laughs> so we actually um, ended up cutting a bunch of stuff from it. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, we had... Let's see. Uh, in the game right now, you you collect five orbs in, in uh, order to... Um, progress to the end game basically uh, yeah. and in the original we wanted it to be seven orbs um and we had a couple of areas and dungeons that we never built um that we wanted to be like that was part of the original ideas that we had um but we realized at some point that this is way huger than the than we ever thought it would be so let's just Mm -hmm. cut some stuff out because it's already (laughs) becoming pretty big so i I mean i think that's it's maybe somewhere in 20 to 40 hours depending on player yeah and like and there's a lot of like collectibles and stuff as well yeah and those actually came later on um yeah i don't we didn't have that many collectibles to start with but we also kind of realized that we were 
begging a building a big empty world so mm-hmm. um and since we went more in the metroidvania direction we we figured that it's 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 a good idea to kind of design puzzles around uh, collectibles as well yeah was was that fun to go back in and like find little places to hide things and stuff yeah i actually had a lot of fun with that <laughs> yeah um because uh, i mean the, for instance the book quest the where you're supposed to collect 100 books yeah um, we we actually we had this idea that let's put i think that at first we had 10 books actually that we were supposed to hide oh. everywhere um but then we figured that 10 books isn't all that fun because it's going to be really hard finding them and um and you kind of expect the reward to be something really awesome if you just have 10 books scattered across a huge world so we said let's just put a hundred there and just make them less obscurely hidden or at least most of them uh there's still a few of them that are kind of obscurely hidden (laughs) did you guys ever ever have like any monetary problems in development like were you ever worried that you weren't going to have enough funding uh, yes, uh, we um, we ended up, uh, I think, two rounds of investments, and basically, the investments we took in were pretty small, um, and those investments were basically to cover mar- marketing and uh, the freelancers that we worked with. So, yeah, uh, the ones of us who were co-owners of the company didn't really take out any salaries or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, and we still kind of ran out at one point and had to decide whether we should invest more or not. And then basically as we, um, uh, as we released the game, um, we, I think we spent our last money on the release party pretty much. Oh, really? <laughs> at that point we were just kind of flat out broke. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a concern. And um, did the was the game successful? Depends on how you define success, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, it was successful in one way, in that people seem to like it for the most part. I mean, it's definitely not yeah. a game for everyone, uh, but we've been getting more good feedback than bad feedback. I'd say um, that's good. But financially, uh, definitely less than we really wanted to. Um, yeah. Which is, uh, from the way I see it, seeing how we actually got a fairly, we've seen fairly good reviews from people. I think that the main issue is reaching out, that people simply doesn't know the game exists. Did you have a favorite like moment or piece of the game that you worked on or like? A favorite part of the game? Actually, um, it's really hard to pick because uh, both me and the other dev, we've been playing it lately. Uh, we've seemed to say, "Oh, this is my favorite area of the game." Uh, yeah. In every single area, for some reason, because uh, I don't know, I think that we have different parts we enjoy with each area. Uh, but if I had to pick something, I think that um, the. Uh, Let's see, I, I'm not sure how much of the game you've played. Uh, have you played through it, or uh, have you seen I, it? I haven't 
finished it, but I've played probably like half or more. Have you been to the icy regions? I uh, do not think so. Nah, they're fairly far into the game. Um, but that's probably my favorite area. Yeah. Uh, and no, I, I got a really, when we designed it, I got like a huge Metroidish feel about that area. Uh, just felt really cool for some reason. I think that and probably uh, the Bone Church is one of my favorites as well. Yeah. If you could go back in time and do it again, what would you change? There's probably... I'm actually not sure. I mean, maybe the pacing is something we've been trying to... Uh, uh, maybe not the pacing, more, more the progression of where to go in the early parts of the game. Um, like trying to steer people in the right direction. Uh, we kind of... After the first boss, we kind of kick people out into the, the, the world and just expect them to solve it. And mm-hmm. um, I think that, that's where we could probably have maybe put, a, put some more effort in um, to uh, kind of guide people a bit better, uh, which we're, we're trying to actually do that in uh, various patches right now. I know, make it a bit less of a running around and not knowing where to go. Gotcha. What about on the development side of things? Would, was, would there be anything differently you would do there? Probably nothing huge. Uh, I mean, I've... On the code side of things, uh, yeah, I'd, I've learned a bunch of stuff from writing this game engine. Uh, so I would probably, I mean, I wouldn't mind writing the game engine again, but <laughs> if I would actually start on it today, uh, it would look a lot different uh, yeah. in terms of internal structure. Uh, and one thing I did uh, determine uh, one thing that I did uh, think of is that I would not write my own physics engine today. I think um, that was a lot of work. Yeah, and uh, most of the obscure bugs we had were um, if something odd happened. It was always tied to the physics engine. Yeah, <laughs> like all of a sudden, uh, I don't know moving a block and having it fly across the screen in some weird fashion and not knowing what happened. That was always the physics engine doing weird stuff. And we kind of just had to try and recreate it as best we could. Yeah. Um, a little bit off topic here. Um, did you attend conventions? Uh, yes. Uh, not a whole lot of them, but we were at one in Poland. Uh, at the Poznan Game Arena in, I think, 2016. Mm-hmm. And then uh, last year we were at Gamecom in uh, Köln in Germany. Were, would you say that conventions are beneficial? Um, if you would have asked me right after the uh, conventions, I would say that, nah, probably not. Um, because I, I felt like, well... We didn't really get that much out of it, except that, well, we got to show the game, and that was fun, and we met a lot of cool people. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of marketing and so on, at first I felt like, well, this didn't really um, help that much. But the long-term effect was actually that we had people contacting us, and uh, we've had both publishers and um, uh, press contact us after seeing the game on those um, uh, conferences. Uh, or the conventions. So uh, today I would say that yes, uh, they were probably more beneficial than not. Uh, 
and it was definitely a lot of fun to go to them. Yeah. Do you have any um, like relations with content creators in any way? In like creators reaching out to you to like cover your game or like meeting them at conventions? Okay. Um, not really so far. Um, I mean, basically, what we've done is we used Keymailer to send out keys and so on to um, yeah to press, but uh, we don't really have. I think that we've started building some relations with the streamers that we uh, that covered our game, and kind of we keep some internal lists of people that we like and the people that we've been connecting with, and that we kind of to watch stream the game and so on. Would you recommend? content creators go to conventions and talk to developers? To be honest, I don't think we had that many content creators uh, contact us, but uh, we definitely would have appreciated it. So, yeah, I mean, for me, if uh, the main thing about uh, the uh, conferences and the conventions were having people play the game, and that was, I mean, it was awesome having people stand around playing the game and that was like the first time we really saw people play it on their own. Um, yeah. And uh, we would have loved content creators to uh, approach us at, uh, for instance, Gamecom or uh, any, any other conference for that matter. Yeah. Good. Um, here's, here's a question from one of my viewers. It was, this, was, this was funny. I was, I was streaming the other day and they came in and they were like, hey, have you played this game, uh, Cathedral? And I was like, that's funny. I, I'm, I'm going to interview the lead developer of that game. And I was like, do you have anything you want me to ask? And they were like, will there be a Switch release? Ooh, that question. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've actually gotten that question a few times. And um, first of all, I really, really hope so. Because we want to release it for Switch. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, it is something where um basically since we we didn't we didn't write the game in any known game engine so we're kind of uh have to work with uh, uh re-implementing a lot of stuff when we port it to switch uh which isn't necessarily a blocker uh but we've spoken about it and i think that what we're trying to do right now is actually so it's actually interesting that you brought up publisher because we are trying to look into uh, getting the game, getting a publishing deal for Switch. Yeah. And um, it's, I mean, we are definitely working on it and I hope that we'll release on Switch, but I, I don't dare to say anything 100% on, on this until we're yeah. there. But uh, let's just say that it, it, it's definitely something we're trying to make happen. Uh, we definitely want it on the Switch. Yeah. That's that's fair. So, were you all around happy uh, with with the way the uh, the game turned out and the release? Um, yeah, I mean the the game. Uh, I had a lot of fun creating the game. I mean, we we had ups and downs throughout the years of development, but uh, I I learned so much, and the game itself just turned out. I know I, I personally really loved the game. <laughs> yeah, um, but uh, I mean, I, I basically made a game. We basically made a game that we wanted to play. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, so yeah, I am actually very happy with the way the game turned out, even though, of course, it has so- some less uh, polished parts and some more polished parts, but overall, yeah. Yeah. How would you recommend someone gets into game development if they are looking to do so? I think the easiest thing is just to start building stuff and uh, maybe maybe not write your own game engine directly. <laughs> uh, maybe use Unity or uh, something like that. And yeah. uh, I mean, just create something and post stuff on Twitter or on through some other channel or TIG source or uh, wherever you want to go. Uh, I mean, find somewhere where you have other game developers, uh, uh, which I mentioned TIG source was actually a, a forum where I posted a lot of stuff early on when I started with Cathedral. Uh, so, I mean, there are lots of people who are willing to give you advice and help you in different ways. Yeah. Um, and I think you just kind of need to get started and put things out there. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what kind of goals do you have for the future? Uh, the goals right now is, uh, I mean, if we're talking in terms of uh, game development, Basically, actually releasing the game to consoles would be the next logical step for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I kind of, I would actually love to make some DLC for Cathedral as well, but I don't know yeah. if we're going to be able to. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to make more games? Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think that uh, that's one of the things we said with Cathedral, that if we can pull this off and actually make enough money to pay ourselves salaries, then this is something we want to do. Uh, in that case, we would like to make another game as well. Yeah. And uh, we're not quite there yet, but uh, we're still kind of yeah. hoping. <laughs> do, you, do you have any ideas for, for games like that you would make in the future? Like, Would you stick to the, the retro aesthetic? Uh, I don't think we necessarily would stick to the retro a- aesthetic, actually. Um, but I think that we would stick to... Um, maybe uh, the Metroidvania formula a bit at least, yeah. Uh, because I know that that's I really love the exploration parts of games. We we've been toying with different kinds of uh, game ideas, and it almost always turns out to be some kind of uh, adventure exploration based game. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> most mostly in the neighborhood of metroidvania or rpgs <laughs> yeah have you played anything recently that you've that you've loved uh let's see i'm trying to remember what i've played recently um i spent too much time developing games <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that's on your uh list of to play um currently i, I just started playing um uh, ritual of the night um, oh yeah and I haven't played very far into it, so I still don't really know what I think about it. I, I mean, I'm having fun with it, but uh, I, I played for maybe two hours or so, so I'm definitely not far into it. Uh, I, I started playing uh, Dead Cells a while back, too, oh, yeah. which I still haven't had time to play until recently. Yeah. So so has, um, has time for video games kind of like been hard while making a video game? For me, developing a game kind of felt the same need as playing a game. Oh, yeah. So, and it was kind of, I had fun, and I did something 
creative and I solve problems and basically did the same things I do when I play games. Yeah. So I think that naturally played less games for that too. And um, I only I only have a couple of questions left, and these are questions I ask to everyone who ever comes on the podcast. Um, what keeps you motivated to continue to do what you do? I think that's for me. Uh, as long as I think things are fun, that that's what keeps me motivated. Like if I enjoy what I'm doing, um, at least if I enjoy what I'm doing more than I don't, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm fine with having less productive periods where it's not as fun, but uh, on the whole, it needs to kind of be enjoyable. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a that's a that's a great answer. Okay, final question: How many five year olds could you fight off before being overpowered? Mm, I mean, how how big are these five year olds? I think a five-year-old on average is like 90 pounds. All right. So, I don't know. Let's make it eight to 10. No, only 40 pounds. <laughs> 17 kilograms, if that helps. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. I have no idea how much a pound is. <laughs> um, let's just say 10. 10. Oh, that's a... That's a large number. I'm, I, I'm feeling I like, like the confidence. I'm feeling like yeah. <laughs> and um, where can where can people find you? Um, they can find me on well on Twitter, of course. Uh, it's just yeah. Eric Lawson, and uh, on Decemberborn dot uh, com, which is our web page. Yeah, and uh, go play go play Cathedral. <laughs> Thank you. I think you should. <laughs> I, yeah, it's a it's a it's a great game. It's it's wonderful. It has a great soundtrack. The art is beautiful. It's it's very it's it's a very good game. And thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. 